I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to season two of Surviving Motherhood. I'm Chris, a wife and mom of four boys. And I'm Rachel, a wife and mom of a boy and a girl. We're sister-in-laws living in the South, just trying to laugh through the ups and downs of motherhood. So grab your coffee or wine and settle in for some real talk. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Surviving Motherhood Podcast. We're back with another interview. Um, how are you doing, Chris? Are you good? I'm good. I'm good. Yep. Surviving Making it. fall baseball. <laughs> oh, gosh. Fall yeah. baseball. And she's got three in three different baseball teams, guys, if you just uh-huh. need to know. If y'all um, just want to feel sorry for me or need a prayer request. There yeah, if, if you've got some extra time on your hands, you need to get on your knees for somebody. Get, get <laughs> it can be me. Oh, okay. So we are here tonight with Michelle, and we are so excited to have her. She is a um, coach, and she's actually an author now. And I want mm. her to uh, go ahead and tell us a little bit about you and your family. Well, thanks, ladies. Uh, I'm excited to be here with my sexy cold voice. Uh, (laughs) Tis the season. It's September. School's back in. Man colds are traveling around, and I happen to receive. So um, Uh, it's probably a lovely gift from your child. (laughs) You know, that's usually how it works. They bring home those sweet germs. Oh, yes. Thank you. Well, at least it's not pink eye. So, oh, yeah. Or lice. (laughs) Yes, or it could like, be worse. No. Yes, we could go on, Ugh. right? Or Ebola. Okay, yes. Um, <laughs> so thank you. I'm um, a health coach. I've primarily worked with women um, from fertility all the way to postpartum. I also, in that midst, got certified to work with families and kids where I became an author and I started a children's book series starting um, starring my daughter, who's now six. So wellness is at the forefront of my mind and the children's author thing was amazing, but um, I'm ready to kind of go on the grown up side of things where I have become recently connected with my postpartum recovery and experience and really acknowledging what was going on with me for, I would say a few years at least. Um, so I'm writing a book um, outlining those taboo feelings that aren't really super dramatic. Um, you know, you may not need to be diagnosed with postpartum depression or anxiety or stress, but um, there's still real feelings that moms have and we need to normalize them. So I'm getting the word out. So people are like, thank goodness someone's talking about it. And now I feel comfortable talking about it. So that's where I'm at right now, just moving and grooving, shaking. Yes, I absolutely love that. I struggled, especially with my second baby with postpartum anxiety. And it was, it's like you get in that cycle of 
not feeling there's no normal, you know, you're sleep deprived, you're constantly worried about another life that you've brought into this world. And then I had the older child that I was trying to deal with too. And my anxiety was just through the roof. And I feel like it took me so much longer to recover with the second one mentally Mm -hmm. than just like the baby blues or whatever it may Mm -hmm. have. And I didn't realize that like, Oh, these, the, this isn't necessarily normal. <laughs> like I've, I've hit a point that, that could be considered worrisome. And that's what I, yeah. I, I did go to my doctor and I did decide to do medication and it has been lovely and I'm still rocking it because you know, a little more balance <laughs> has I been great it. in my life. So I am all about talking about it because it, man, it took me way too long to figure out that I could have help. <laughs> yes. So. Like you get to that point eventually where you're like, okay, if this is normal, then normal's got to change. Yeah, exactly. It's not working. Yeah, exactly. absolutely. And you know, I, I always say, you know, I am a perfectionist. Um, I feel like I can do things on my own. I don't want to bother people, you know, yada, yada. So internalizing everything, I think amplified my depression even more. Mm-hmm. Um, feeling kind of ashamed or I can't handle this. And I usually could handle everything. Mm-hmm. You know, your job, your, you know, your past life, you handled everything like this, that, and that. And I, I don't think we forgive ourselves enough as human beings that having a child in, in a baby is very stressful on yourself and your partner. Like your partner goes through stuff too. And oh, you yes. sit there and look at each other and be like, this is really hard. And it kind of sucks sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. But yes, we still absolutely love and being child. able to say that out loud. Yeah. It's just so it's freeing once you get to that point, but getting to that point can be really hard. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So we want to definitely talk about those postpartum issues tonight, but we are also going to get yeah. into having a blended family because yes. you met your husband and he already had children. So tell us a little bit about um, that process, meeting your husband, dating, and then finding out that he are he had a family, he had children, and how that looked for you. Well, ironically, it was the thing I was the least um, nervous about. So I had been single for a couple of years after dating a long-term college boyfriend and after college, yada, yada. So it was almost like a decade, you know, that I was dating him. And I was, so I was, I was single for two years and everyone under the sun was trying to set me up with anything that I'm like, are you just setting me up because, you know, this person is breathing or this person, you know, (laughs) like, where are you coming up with? So I was hesitant on the setting up. I was doing everything. I was online dating. I was very open to things, um, having fun with dating because I hadn't dated in so long. And um, my best friend in the whole world since I've known since second grade, um, she lives down actually a block from me now. With her husband, who was her high school sweetheart, we were at my stepfather's um, 60th birthday party, and she and her husband look at me, and they're like, we have someone we want to set you up with. And I looked at them, I'm like, I looked at, you know, her husband, and I said, okay, if it's any of your, like, friends that I've known for a long time, I'm like, no. And he's like, no, it's someone (laughs) you haven't met. And I'm like, how is it someone I haven't met? I'm, you know, like, these people are like, like, she's like my sister, yeah. And she's like, oh, Brian, it's his new friend, you know, blah, blah, blah. He did work on his house and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, what, what is this guy about? Like, I was kind of tired at that point of like, but I'm like, it's strange that throughout these like two years of being single, they never tried to set me up with anyone. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I'm intrigued. I'm, yeah. I'm listening. Like, I'm, so yeah, I'm, I'm like, what's the deal? 
And her husband's like, okay, well, he's divorced. And I was over 30 at that point. And I'm like, okay, who isn't? Like, least of my worries. At least he got married. Yeah. And <laughs> at least he wants to get married. Yeah, because you know, once they're too to. old, if they've never been married, then you're kind of like, okay, something's yeah. wrong. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, check. That's fine. And they're like, they kind of had this like face like, Ugh. and they're like, he's got two kids. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, I haven't done the kid thing. I'll, I'll, and they're like, okay, she's there. She's, we got her almost. Mm-hmm. And then they sprung where the, and I'm like, they're like, and he lives in the town we live in now, which at the time I was living in the heart of Chicago. Like I was a city girl. I was that naive person that's never leaving Chicago. I'm going to raise mm-hmm. my family here. I'm going to be a cool person, you know, living in the city the rest of my life and the suburbs suck. So when they said where he lived, which is the suburb that they, you know, were in and still are, I was like, no. And they're like, what? And I'm like, well, first of all, the suburb we're in is really far west. So to get to my friend, I looked at my friend, I'm like, when I come to visit you, it's like an hour and a half drive. Plus I'm like sleeping over. I'm like, when am I going to see this guy? I'm like, I'm working 60 hours a week. And like, well, he's self-employed and he's got a really free schedule. I'm like, well, He's got his kids and, you know, and they're like, well, his, he gets along with his ex-wife really well. And they've got a really good, easy schedule. And I'm like, no. So it took like six months where, yeah, where my friend was like, you know, after, you know, how many times she kind of like prompted me with stuff. She's like, well, what's the worst thing that can happen? It's not like you have to marry the guy. Just go on a date. And literally the first date we went on, I we had talked on the phone because back then you talked on the phone. Um, <laughs> that was a thing, his, man. Yeah. He sent his photo through like Hotmail because I had one of those like flip phones with like bad <laughs> pixelated. Like I don't even know if like the camera even really worked. And That's so hilarious. like my Hotmail I'm opening up. I'm like, ooh, he's cute. And we connected <laughs> on the phone really well. But I'm like, okay, as soon the the night of the date, he came to the city. The night of my date, I saw him in the lobby. Well, actually, he was outside of the lobby. He was outside because my doorman was very protective of like the women in the building, and he wouldn't let him stay in- inside of the, the lobby. He's like, oh, you wow, stay So I walked outside. I, as soon as I saw him, I totally knew. I just knew. Really? Yeah. I mean, Aww. I looked I looked at him, and I was like, and we had an awesome night, um, really great time. And so the next morning, my girlfriend calls me and she's like, so how did it go? And I had some words and I said, I'm moving to, you know, the suburb we live in. And oh, she's like, so I'm in literally six months later, my lease was up. I didn't renew it. And I moved to where we are today. And that is, and we've been um, together since 2017. Wow. Yeah. So it worked. Yeah. It it worked worked fast. Um, But I, again, I had been in such a long term relationship. I had dated a lot of people. I was, you know, over 30 at an age where I'm like, you know, if it doesn't work out, I'm going to trust my gut. I'm going to trust my instinct. I played it safe before with waiting and waiting. And, you know, if I, you know, and with this, if it doesn't work out, like, I'll figure it out, you know, mm-hmm. and we lived together. We didn't get married right away. We lived together and planned the wedding. And I'm like, if in the time, like it doesn't work out, I'll move back to the city. I know how to take care of myself and find an apartment and I have a job. So what's the, take a chance. And I'm glad mm-hmm. that I trusted my gut. 
Yeah. Okay. So when's the first time that you met his ex-wife and how did that go? Okay. So I had met the kids first, um, which was about three months, three to four months in. We got engaged at six months. So it was like a couple months before the engagement. So the ex-wife was also that summer. Um, It was at a baseball game. So like a neutral territory. Oh, that's smart. smart. Yeah. And I was, you know, I'd heard good things like from him as well as from my friends who had met her um, just, you know, through whatever. And they're like, she's really nice and they get along well, you know, which is a huge battle to, you know, if they don't. Um, And when I met her, you know, darling, like super, like, I mean, it sucks when they're pretty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're like, dang it. I really wanted like not She's good looking. Cute. She looks good. Like, you know, and like super sweet. But when I, before I met her, like I kind of was a little bit, I, you know, snippy and like kind of like weird with him where he's like, what's going on? And I'm like, okay. I'm like, I'm really nervous to meet your ex-wife. And he's mm-hmm. like, why? She's not going to do any, you know, she's going to be super nice to you and, you know, and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, she, had a, you know, had been remarried. So she was, you know, getting, oh no, she, she hadn't remarried yet. Okay. Cause that's part, that can be part of the story. But anyways, so she was <laughs> dating someone though. So, you know, whatever. Anyways, um, what I said, but hun, you have to understand I'm meeting someone that you slept with for 12 years and that yeah. you have two children with and a home and you slept with her for 12 years. Like, do you want to seriously meet all the guys that I've slept with? I'm like, <laughs> we can have yeah. a party one night and you can talk to them and hang out with them at a baseball game. Just go exactly. ahead and meet them all. And, yeah, get and you guys can swap stories. I mean, you know, <laughs> I can't even mention a, an ex-boyfriend's name with like a, at a party with friends without him being like, who is that? Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> who are you like, talking about? And I'm like, honey, I had a, I had boyfriends before I met you. Don't worry. It wasn't last month. It was like 20 years ago. So yeah, (laughs) that's funny. Oh yeah. It was, I was so nervous because it was like, it wasn't just like this ex-girlfriend you run into at a bar and you can leave. I'm like, I'm going to be interacting with this woman. I don't know if it was harder that they did get along, that we saw her a lot at like events and things and graduation party. You know what I mean? It was like, they almost got along to a point where I was like, this is kind of not what I hear happens. <laughs> it's kind yes. of, creepy, you know, well, and mm-hmm. it's just, it's probably harder to like, like if they are nice to, I can remember <laughs> this is so not the same. So like, I don't want y'all to think that I think it's the same, but I'm just saying this sort of feeling like I remember one time, a, a just a girl that my husband hadn't even dated, but like text him and was like, Hey, do you remember me? And he's like, how could I forget you? And I'm like, well, what the heck does that mean? You know, like, just, yeah, excuse like, me. Like, whenever there's other women, it's like almost if they hate them, then you don't worry about there being any sort of feeling. You know what I mean? Yes, it's just, I totally know. It's 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 like if if the if the wife, the ex wife, is a total B and issues all the time, you're like, oh, he would never go back to that. She's crazy. Mm-hmm. But when they get along and like, she's like, hi, and she brings over a baby gift and you're like, oh, thanks. Oh my gosh. And, you know, and you're like, I have really like no reason to like 
like not like her, you know, yeah. and, which is great. You know, it's a blessing, but it's also like, and, you know, I asked, you know, of course that conversation came up of like, why did you get a divorce? And, you know, yeah. it was, it was yeah. a, an out of love, like gradual, just kind of disconnecting. And, you know, you kind of sit there and like, you're not really in love with the person and you're not happy. And, mm -hmm. you know, it wasn't like we had a huge fight. Someone cheated on someone or, you know, that, it was right. kind of just like a matter of fact, like I wasn't in love with her anymore. And maybe she wasn't either. You know, I don't know. I'll never yeah. know that. But, you know, so it was like, God, I wish I could hate you, but I can't. You make it really hard. I mean, I don't wish mm -hmm. I could hate it. Or, I mean, I yeah, hear some stories of my friends. There was I'm a like, lot of mixed emotions, I'm sure, yes, in that whole process. Yes. And, you know, I, there's a lot of trust. Like I'd hear stories of my friends' experiences with ex-wives where I'm like, is she like, you know, have it like something behind her back, like waiting. And it's yes. like, Hi. you know, and you're like, yes. oh, okay. I think but, just too, as a culture, just, you know, it's like such a negative uh, that that's why I'm glad we're talking about it because the word stepmom or, you know, it just, that relationship is just like supposed to be strained. Like we're supposed to feel, oh, that it's there that you're, stepkid's mom, you know, or yes. your, your husband's ex-wife, like you're just supposed to hate them. Yeah. And, it's, and you it's know, it's nicer if you don't. It is. Yeah. Like, you know, when the kids graduated from high school, like she's like, of course you guys are invited to the grad. Like she had a big graduation party for the, you know, like it's like, you know, and we're there and it's nice because her family, she, uh, my, his ex-wife's family is very large, a huge Italian family, mm -hmm. lots of love. And, you know, and my husband and his ex, her like uncles, um, they're all business partners. So when the divorce happened, it was kind of seamless. Like they all just were kind of like, okay, big deal. You got divorced. Like we're running businesses here. Um, yeah. you know, and so he's still, you know, I mean, to this day he interacts with her uncles and if there's anything going on with the kids, like he can sit and talk to like, you know, his ex-mother-in-law or, you know, aunts and uncles in the family that interact with, you know, the kids. And, you know, it's like, wow, it's nice that you guys can all like come together for the Be kids. Cool. And, you know, it's a big, strong family that didn't let the divorce affect that. As a child divorce, my parents got divorced when I was 12. And then my dad got remarried when I was 13. And so that's a hard time yes. anyway. But then um, sh my stepmom had three daughters. Um, one is five months older than me. One is 10 months younger than me. And then one is Missy's the baby. So we, I, I don't even remember. I think she's like five years younger. <laughs> she's somewhere. Uh, in she's a, she's an infant. She's now married and owns a house, but she's still like five years old. So yeah. sorry, oh, Missy. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so the best thing that I think they could have ever done for me, and I don't know I, I never asked. I don't know how strained it was, honestly, because everybody made it the priority to play nice. Like I, I was a cheerleader and they came to football games and they sat together. Like, you know, like nobody like held hands and skipped or anything, yeah. but like it was very amicable. They obviously were there for me and could put any of the, my parents didn't have like a super dramatic divorce or anything. Um, they split up and I'm sure there was drama behind the scenes, but there was no like custody battles. Like I had, I was, um, I had unlimited, um, they both had unlimited custody. So basically I picked my, when I was where, 
win, <laughs> which uh, what when I go, when I think back to it, maybe it was a little bit of pressure to keep everybody happy because I'm a people pleaser, or maybe that's when I became a people pleaser. Anybody want to psychoanalyze me? Oh, DM man. it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was always trying to keep everybody happy doing the right amount of, you know, visits here and there. But that was one thing they always did for me, like graduations. Everybody was in the same section, you know, like it, they didn't make it super, um, awkward or anything like that. So I very much appreciated that for sure. Um, so what role do you play in the decision-making and disciplining of the children and how kind of was that established and what ages were they when you guys, um, officially got married? Oh, um, the kids, when I met them were eight and nine. Um, my stepdaughter is older um, so we married like about a year and a half, you know, after that. So, you know, barely hitting middle school, Oof, um, a, a fun time I hear. Yeah. 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 Middle school. Yeah. It is tough. I mean, I think it, I don't even want to talk about my six-year-old going to middle school. Oh, I, mean, I can't even think about it. Sometimes yeah. you're, you have a girl, right? Yes. Yes. Brooklyn. Okay. My, my daughter is six as well. And sometimes I, the things that come out of her mouth are like just little glimpses. I feel like of what to come. And I'm like, Oh no, am I ready? What am I going to do? <laughs> she I said know. the other day, Adeline oh, God. In, in first grade and she, <laughs> oh, my son got know. hurt and my dad said, did it hurt him or something? And she said, well, he's crying. So, what do you think? Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, I was got. like, oh, boy, here we go. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, middle school is tough. I mean, the kids handled everything very well. But, you know, as far as discipline, it's changed. Um, I think very differently. I started thinking very differently because. As a type A, I'm, you know, I'm also just a fixer and a controlling, you know, I mm -hmm. would say that in the beginning and for a good amount of years, um, probably going into high school even, um, I got a little too involved um, and to a point where, you know, it was too stressful for me. And the reason why I say that is because I didn't realize until later. And, you know, I've had help with therapy, to be honest with you, I've seen someone for this. Um, I didn't realize that they have two parents that are amazing parents that may have different ways of dealing with things than I do. And these parents are going to do, my husband and his ex are going to do what they're going to do that what's best for their kids. I, had to establish a different role eventually because it was getting too, I was getting too worked up. You know, mm -hmm. when we have a challenge with something, whether it would be with school or, you know, anything, I would be doing research and like, you should be going, you know, she should be doing this or this and, you know, or blah, 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 or health wise, if there was a health thing going on, I'm a health coach. So I'm like, she should be eating this and blah, blah, blah. And why are they eating? And they're, they were going to, I just realized after years of stressing out that their parents were making decisions regardless of what, you know, what, what I said, said yeah. you know, yeah. and they did what they did. And, you know, I, as far as what was established in the beginning are pretty basic values that my husband and I established. And luckily my husband was on the same page. We're respectful in the house and how we talk to, you know, adults in general whether they're your step parent or a grandparent or your parent, 
Um, you know, we had rules in the house that, you know, my husband basically established, but I agreed with, and I'm like, yeah, you know, maybe add this in. And he's like, okay. And, you know, so in the house, I had to figure out that role of, I'm an adult, but I'm not her, Mm -hmm. their parent. Um, so I, it's tough because I want to fix things. And if something's wrong with my stepdaughter and she's upstairs crying, Am I a fixer or am I that adult that she can just trust if she needs to go to someone to talk to? Like Mm -hmm. she has a mother that's wonderful. She has a father that's wonderful. And even if she's mad at them, she's still, those are still her parents that I need to respect. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. all I had to do, like my stepson, maybe not so much, you know, being a boy, I don't mean to like. Yeah, I was going to ask that if it was harder, like. um, Yeah, it's hard. She, my stepdaughter is very emotional, um, very sensitive. She's more of the challenger and the questioner and the, you know, the butting heads with my husband and his, his ex. And, you know, and I, you know, I say to my husband, I'm like, you'll be thankful that she's got these qualities later. I know it's now. And my stepson is just a gentle soul who's just wants everyone to be happy. So he's more of like, okay, dad, or, you know, brushes before you tell him, you know, that kind Mm -hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that bugs the heck out of my stepdaughter, you know, that he's this like, yeah. Cause she's oh, like brown noser. Yeah. He, she's always like to this day. I mean, they're in college and she's like, yeah, you're kissing dad's butt. And I'm like, Alyssa, you're gonna be 22. I'm like, come on. Like, yeah. <laughs> even though I would think I was still arguing with my brothers back then, but <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I argue with to- my brother and I'm 30. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know how much work it is to raise one child two children of your own. And it's like, I, I just wasn't realizing that that third hand in the, in the pot or that extra cook in the kitchen was not working for us. Mm -hmm. It was frustrating me because I found them just doing what they thought was best for their child, which I had to respect. There were Mm -hmm. things I disagreed with. There were things that I would have done differently, but I think we even think about that with our own parents. And, you know, like we look back, like, I probably wouldn't have done it like that. I'm going to do it this way with my child. And that's our business with our child then. So when I had Brooklyn, I started realizing that more like, you know, I do not need to step in someone else's bleep. Like I've got my own bleep that I'm stepping in right now. Like, and I got to focus on her and let my husband and his ex do their job and yeah. just let my stepkids know. And I've told them this multiple times through the years, like, you know, if they're going through something or if we just have some quiet time together, you know, or if they're going off to college, like, you know, you have someone you can come to if you ever need to. I, I, and so I think what they look at me as is someone that they trust as an adult and another mm-hmm. adult that they can trust, an extension of their family someone that makes their dad happy, which makes them feel secure. Mm -hmm. And, you know, something that, you know, just another person that's giving them that consistency and that predictability, which I think kids look for. And the love, you know, having laughter and love in this house and them loving coming to our home. Um, And not me being like this other person, you know, nagging on them or telling them what to do. They've got enough of that. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Okay. So I feel like you sort of just answered that with this, but what is your best advice on what not to do as a step parent? 
Well, you know, probably exactly what I just said about, you know, (laughs) with that, with just knowing where your place is. Some people don't have that. You know, I was speaking to someone the other day who's the, you know, the ex-wife is absent. You know, she's not involved. So at that point, you know, you do, you may need to step in and that's hard. Um, But for me, I, the situation I'm in, there's two great parents that are raising their kids the best they can. Um, they don't need someone, you know, you know, on the sideline, you know, so. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Right. That and probably um I would say two boundaries. Um, are very important, even if the person, even if the ex is the nicest person in the world, and that ex is probably creating her own boundaries with you. Um, mm. I can talk at a baseball game or a graduation party, like I was saying, I'll accept a baby gift and say, you know, oh my gosh, thank you so much, or have small talk. But there's times, you know, like I, you know, I'm not going to go grab drinks with her or coffee or, you know, get too intimate with conversations. And, yeah, you know, I think you need your marriage. Yeah. Like, oh, we go out and have, you know, we go have coffee sometimes. And I'm like, yeah, no, not, not, not so much. And I kind of felt that, I mean, I, I, I hope she doesn't listen to this, but like when we first were, when we got engaged, she coincidentally was getting married that she was getting married the June before we were getting married that September. And, um, Alyssa, my, I'm sorry, my stepdaughter was, um, a flower girl mm-hmm. in and her she, wedding or yours in her wedding. Oh. And then our, she was going to be, you know, she was a flower girl in our wedding as well. My stepdaughter. Oh, yeah. So when our wedding, you know, started approaching her wedding had, had been the ex's wife or ex-wife's wedding was done. Um, she had emailed my husband and said, Hey, would you um, want to use Alyssa's flower girl dress from our wedding? You know, it just has, you know, a little bit of chocolate on it, but it can wash out pretty easily. And she was sending like pictures of like her wedding of the dress. Uh, and, I, and I looked at my husband and to I'm use like, in your wedding? To, yeah. She's like, which do you guys, you know, would you want to use, you know, have Alyssa's um, flower girl dress in your wedding? And I'm like, um, super sweet email, but no. no. And my husband actually was like, why? It was, you know, and, oh, like, man. and I looked at him and I go, why? I go, first of all, I don't, I don't know why, like we're getting wedding pictures on, in your email <laughs> account right now. Yeah, like, which uh, I think is, 
it just kind of it just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Maybe it was totally not intentional, but my gut was telling me like, you know, you start texting your friends like, is this super weird? And everyone's yeah, like, is yeah. this me or is this weird kind of yeah. thing? And I'm like looking at these like, you know, like pictures of her like wedding day. And I'm like, mm, yeah, that's a little weird. I go, oh, I think we yeah. don't need the aura of someone else, your ex-wife's wedding. Like, and yeah, I you're like, what do you want me to wear her dress? You know, <laughs> like, don't worry no. about it. I'm well, like, is she gonna ask if I want to wear her wedding dress? I'm like, <laughs> Honestly, that's the oh. only thing that has ever creeped me out. You know, and when it yeah. came to that, but so that rem- that was in the beginning where I'm like, boundaries. Like, you have yeah. to have boundaries. You do not have. To- you have your friends. You have your close confidence. Just focus on getting along for the sake of the kids and keeping those boundaries. So that's a huge piece of advice. Do not get too close or your eyelashes may burn from the stove. (laughs) So that's Yeah. Yes. So now that you brought – you and your husband have a baby together and she's six now. So how did bringing a new baby in kind of change the dynamics of your family now that you have this baby that you get to be mama of and get to have that full control over? Yeah. Well, um, control is a loose word when it comes to kids. Yeah, <laughs> yeah especially a six-year-old, huh? Yeah, yeah. Ex- exactly. But you know, you know what I'm saying. Well, it was hard um, for us. We, I would recommend. Sometimes it doesn't happen this way, and some people listening may have not done this. And there's nothing wrong if you didn't. But we um, chose to wait um, to have her. So we waited about five years. Um, before we, um, even started trying to have one because I wanted to get to know my stepchildren on that level first and kind of get that base there. And, you know, that's a lot of change, like a wedding, their mom got married. Um, you know, it was like a lot was going on and, you know, I just needed, I felt like I needed that time with them. And I'm, I'm really glad I did because it was still challenging and I just can't imagine. And, and I just have my stepdaughter is unique. Like I said, she's a sensitive soul. So I think I just kept that in my mind too. Like, mm-hmm. let's just take our time. You know, I mean, I was getting to that OBGYN warning where they're like, you better start now or else, you know, you're yeah. going to shrivel. Uh, um, yeah. well, I mean, and then now and in, in hindsight, knowing the postpartum stuff too, like what a blessing that you chose to, you know, I just yeah. don't, that would have been a lot. Yes. When we told, um, we were going to New York, um, for a vacation and my brothers lived there, his brother and his family lived there. Um, we were like, what a perfect time to like tell the kids and then tell, you know, our families that we're going to be out there. So we went out to New York and, um, we had the first night I said, let's have the first night just with us, the four of us. We had a VRBO, so a nice, like, you know, apartment in, in you know, in New York that we rented instead of a hotel. And we had, like, a nice dinner together, just the four of us, and sat in the family room of this VRBO, and just, we kind of, we, you know, broke the news, and my stepdaughter started crying immediately. Oh, no. Ooh. Like, happy tears or, like, yeah. sad tears? No sad. And so she was a freshman in high school, like 13, I think she was. I'm not good at math and especially not with a sinus infection. So um, she 
Yes. So she was crying where immediately, you know, your heart sinks because you know, like, well, it's not like you can like turn back time, you know, (laughs) thank you, Cher. (laughs) So she ran to the bedroom that she was Mm -hmm. sleeping in that night and we let her have her space. I mean, Josh, you know, my, my stepson was like, okay. You know, like he was just kind of like, good like okay like you know it was yeah, the reaction whatever. was like fun all right sounds good you know we're you know can i play my video games now yeah exactly <laughs> are we done with yeah. this conversation yeah, done? um so we gave a you know my stepdaughter her space and um you know i just had to tell my husband like just let her breathe for a little bit and you know she was really upset and you know now in hindsight looking back um, there was a lot of change going on at that point. Um, her mother was actually remarrying and at that time was remarrying and bringing in two stepchildren to the home. Um, uh, it, it happened really fast. So I didn't even think, you know, and of course you don't time this stuff. And, you know, so, you know, now in in hindsight, when I thought about it and I'm like, oh, like, hello, mom's getting remarried. Two stepkids are being moved into her home and like taking over her space. And now we're telling her we're having a baby. Yeah. She was just overwhelmed. Yeah. So it's natural that she felt that way. And I'm glad she let the, all of her emotions out and, you know, didn't hide anything from us. But it was, it took her a while. You'd never know now, you know, like when she comes and visits and plays with Brooklyn and puts makeup on her and, you know, come and taking selfies with her and, you know, posting them on Facebook, how like she loves her sister. Um, you know, it was time that she needed an adjustment to all of the change that was going on. And she needed just to keep knowing that we loved her and we were there for her. And then, you know, when we did have the baby, we included them on things, you know, the hospital visit and we made baby books for them of their old baby photos that their mom, mm-hmm. you know, helped us find. Cause of course my husband's like, I don't know where their photos are. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, oh, of dad of the year. Yeah. I'm like, well, ask your ex-wife and thank goodness you get a lot. <laughs> She'll know. She'll know. Yes. And of course she like sent a of pictures over. Yes. Which that was hard too, was because I'm looking at all these pictures and there's only one picture with her arm in it, but I knew it was her arm holding my stepson. And I'm like, these are all pictures when you were married, you know? Mm-hmm. So it was like more yeah, feelings like were being weird. unleashed of yeah. like, you know, them as babies. And we were having a baby then too. And he was going to be going through it, you know, all over again with a new person. Yeah. Um, so what stunk though is that she was Brooklyn was super, you know, she was up all night crying constantly. Not that any of you know what that means, but yeah, <laughs> crying babies, we don't have those. <laughs> and unfortunately, we have a historical home where bedrooms are close together, and you know, it's a close quarters where. I'm like, I looked at my husband. I'm like, if they don't want to stay here and sleep over, I totally get it. I don't yeah. want to stay here. And I sleep don't want to stay. Can I go stay with your ex-wife, please? <laughs> yes. Take her. I'm going over to your old house. So oh. that was hard because I felt bad. Like, I didn't want them to think that, like, they weren't a part of it or I push them away because this baby was, like, up all night and screaming. And it did di- – I would say it did distance us a little bit from them for a while. They were at their mom's a lot more. and But that changed, you know. And, and you know, and you know, a baby is, like, this 
blob of nothing. You know, you hold it, you're a teenager and you're like, great, where I need to go, where are my friends? Like my friends are meeting here or there and you know, oh great. You know, I mean, there's really not much as a teenager, that connection to a baby. I don't know. Like my husband, mm -hmm. his brother, um, his half brother is um, 11 years younger than him. So he's like, yeah, I didn't hang around with like and hang out with my baby brother all the time. I was out with my friends right. and then went yeah, to college. Yeah. So that's kind of like I had to accept that, that this is going to be a different relationship. Um, and, you know, the, the connection was just kind of, it was off in the beginning. I don't think they knew how to connect with her until she really started talking and becoming a toddler and she's funny and they would laugh and play with yeah, her. Yeah, I feel like even dads are like that kind of. Oh, totally. I mean, that's I horrible like that. to say, but you know, like they're not a, they're not fun when they're just crying and pooping all the time, you know. Oh no. <laughs> I that's part of my postpartum depression was like I I, I like my book I talk about how I felt like I was on a deserted island, like Tom Hanks with like Wilson the volleyball. Like yes, and also <laughs> you are start, boring like, me, talk. I, yeah. I, uh. So, anyways, you know, eventually, time. You know, they never were like we we don't want her. You know, we don't want a sister. Never, ever, never were they like that in front of us, at least. Um, but we gave them that time and space to like adjust to it, and we included them on things. I never called them like her half brothers, whatever, you know, they right. are her brother and sister. She is their sister. We are family. And I would, you know, stressed that a lot, you know, and mm -hmm. family pictures, we are taking them, you know, we are all in this together. So right. I hope, hopefully they felt included as much as they could. Yeah, that's good. Okay, so now we're going to move to our mom questions. These are questions that we ask all of our guests. So I'm sure people get tired of hearing us say these questions. But <laughs> no, but the, you get different answers every That's time. Right. Yes, sure. we that don't tell sure. our answers every time. So I mean, if y'all want to hear them again. No, just kidding. <laughs> okay, so what is your biggest mom thing? The biggest thing that keeps you up at night, that you worry about? Just your hang up. What's your hang up? Well, um... It's changed. When I was actively health coaching, I was so obsessed with her, like everything that she ate, like every ingredient, making everything homemade, you know, looking at labels and sugar and la la la, you know, to a point where anyone that babysat her had like anxiety of like what they were going to give her and toxins. Like I was like all <laughs> into like, everything's toxic, you know, like put a bubble around her. But I've learned to like, just, oh my gosh, I'm so different now, like of what to like, pick my battles with that. But now that she's older, my mom thing is, um, and maybe it's because I'm researching it and I just like learning more is just her, like her confidence, her self-esteem, mm -hmm. how people treat her and her friendships that she's developing. I've seen like the mean girl behavior start even in preschool of excluding mm -hmm. and saying things to people or, you know, I, you know, I was, I did a Girl Scout workshop last night for one of my children's books about, it's about self-esteem. And the leader is like, we really want to start them the year off with like a topic like this, because we're already seeing the self-esteem and like, you know, I, I don't like to use the word bullying because I just feel like it's so overused. Overused. Yes. Yeah. But I just think we need to, you know, I'm very conscious about not raising an a-hole, you know, and, <laughs> yeah. 
You know, <laughs> That's like, a good solid idea. You be kind. And so I tell her stories of how people treated me when I was little and how it made me feel and to hopefully get have her have some empathy. I think empathy is so important, you know, in trying to teach kids as early as we can. And so I just constantly worried when she walks out the door that someone's going to hurt her feelings, that someone's going to call her a name and it's going to affect her to a point where I can't help her. That's my fear is like that I won't be able to help her and that yeah. she would, she just isolates herself and holds things in. I, I don't want her to tell me everything. She doesn't need to tell me everything. I mean, but I want her to be able to tell me if something's going on and it just, yeah, it just scares me. Something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's yeah. hard. It's so hard to turn them out in the world and just keep our fingers crossed. But oh, that's one part of motherhood that just whew, is very mm-hmm. tough. Well, in mental illness, like just on a conclusion of this t- this question, I was just at a um, a five k race that benefited um, this wonderful organization called Kayla's Hope, and um, Kayla passed away last year. She was a freshman in high school. Um, and she, you know, had depression, there's, you know, mental illness. So the whole focus was her parents on this stage at this 5k, just shouting from the mountaintops for people to be aware of the signs and to like, not be afraid to talk about it and to, you know, and I'm watching these people on a microphone, these parents crying and talking about it. And we're so afraid to talk that the neighbors, what they're going to think or what our family's going to think. And it's like, who cares what anyone thinks? Like, we need to help if our kids are going through something mentally, we got to treat it like physical health and we can pop that pill for a physical ailment or take our kids to the doctor because their knee, you know, they fell on their knee and you think it's broken. But what about our minds and our brains and our, our, the strength inside of us? Like how are, so that's, I'm just, I hope to God, that's something I can help my daughter with if she's ever challenged. Yes, absolutely. Um, so how do you relax after a long day? Well, as we discussed before we started recording, I don't take a long bath. Oh, I, I probably should. I've been what? feeling sorry for you ever since then. Okay, I need to know first before I answer this question, what do you put in your in your bath? Do you put anything? It just like- depends. So it like if I'm hurting, I'll put Epsom salt. Mm-hmm. If I'm feeling fancy, I'll do a bath bomb um, or I'll just do nothing. It just kind of depends. And I don't wash my hair every night. So like I take a bath on nights where I don't wash my hair. I take a shower on nights where I wash my hair. I'm not, I don't wash my hair in the bath, just to clarify. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then do you listen to anything or are you in quiet? No, dead silent. That's good. I don't want anyone talking to me. I just want to just chill. My husband will try to come and talk to me like that'll be the time where he's like, so how was your day? I'm like, you're gonna have to get out. We'll talk later. (laughs) Yeah, you need to do like, like a little clip and then just. Yes, do Do not disturb. Do not disturb. All right. So, well, um, I fall into the trap a lot of nights, which I'm trying to get out of, of falling asleep when my daughter does. So. I, at the end of the night, like we talk in her bed and it seems like the time when she lets things out. So I think it's like, I I cherish the time. She's going to eventually be like, mom, get the heck out of my room. What are you doing? You little creeper. Yeah. (laughs) 
I'm like, I'm just watching you sleep. Um, <laughs> I like the time that we have. And, you know, she looks at me and it's calm and she just tells me stuff that like she forgets about. Like, you know, when you ask them right after school, what's what they did or what they ate. I don't know. I don't, you know, and I think their brains are just kind of like on fire when they get back off that bus. But at night, you know, when you're calm and it's just, I love cuddling with her and cause I know it's not going to be forever. So then I fall asleep Yeah, <laughs> and I wake up at like 10 o'clock, like in a daze walking back to my room and like, you know, where am I? Where yeah, exactly. but uh, there are some nights, um, that I do cherish. I know this seems like, it's so cliche, but I love Real Housewives of New York. I have to like watch like something brainless for like a half an hour because I DVR. So I go through the commercials mm -hmm. and I right. just, yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I do. Do you watch all the housewives? <laughs> I, I used to, but I've gotten like off of most of them. I, I, I start Beverly Hills and then I get kind of yeah. off of it halfway. I'm like, eh, you know, they, I, I don't know, but New York, I could watch till I'm blue in the face. I don't oh, know why. I love rewatching the old seasons of New York on Hulu too. Not, not yes. sponsored, but you know, like not I went sponsored. back to season two and I mean, it's just gold. Anyway, that's definitely my favorite one. Dallas is really good. You know what? I will say I, I watched an episode the other night and I'm like, I, I hadn't watched it in a couple seasons where I'm like, okay, I think I could do this again. Also Potomac. I'm going to stick my neck out for Potomac. You can leave OC and Beverly Hills lately, but Potomac was amazing this season. Just Okay. Well, where is that? if you where need is, to catch up, where's what is Potomac? Potomac? Yeah. It is by um, DC. DC, right? Yeah. DC ad adjacent, I guess would be the best way to... Um, but they well, are down here in Arkansas. I just, I don't know these things. Sorry. <laughs> well, you got to catch. I learned it from Real Housewives. <laughs> okay. That's what I need to be doing then. Exactly. Educational as well. Oh, it was, it was such a good season. So anyway, I'm just going to, if you, if you need, if you get a time to binge, huh? But if you need a new show, since New York is on hiatus, I would say go back and watch some Potomac. It's very good. Anyway, no, yeah, case. and I just need brainless. I know there's so many yeah. great shows out there. People talk about the Netflix, the Amazon Prime shows, all these things where it sounds great, but I'm like, I can't get into a show like that and and pay attention. I feel mm -hmm. like with these, like, you know, some of these, you know, reality shows that I've gotten into, and it's just, it's kind of good background. And I just yes, kind of edge exactly. for a little bit and I get out of my own reality for a little. Yep. yep. Yeah. yeah so so that, okay. That, so, what is your bet? Oh, sorry. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, what is your best mom tip or mom hack to a new mom? Okay. Well, I have a baby one, which are newborn nightgowns, the ones that like cinch at the bottom, like the like you know they, they're so you just literally pull it up. So if you have nighttime. Um, changing yes. instead of like yeah. onesies and snaps and all that. Mm -hmm. My toddler one, um, being a health coach working with kids, um, I loved giving Brooklyn choices. And I always advise, like, would advise this with my clients. Like, so snack time, one of my hacks was an ice cube tray. And, you know, I didn't fill every, you know, section up, but just filling up little, um, you know, each one with different snacks. So they had the choice. And my daughter tended to try things more when she had choices yeah. and she was in control. So I loved, I called them like nibble trays, but you can just use an ice, 
you know. nipple trays. That's cute. Yeah. And sometimes I'd leave the nibble tray out. Like some people don't agree with like snacking throughout the day. I believe like, you know, if you're hungry, you know, eat. <laughs> and so my daughter wasn't sitting there like with the nibble tray all the time, but it, it was, at least was there on the counter. So she's like, I'm hungry. You know, if I could tell she was hungry or hangry, I got the nibble tray out and she got to choose. It wasn't me forcing anything on her, which tends to backfire sometimes. So that is my toddler hack. And my child hack with my daughter now being six is doing everything the night prior. So clothes, oh, great. your clothes, lunches. I spent a year doing lunches in the morning saying I would do it at night. Now I've been doing them at night and it's a game changer. Yep. That's what I do. Every night I lay everything out for the next morning. Oh, and my clothes too. Cause sometimes I'll sit there and I'll, and what I pick is what we're wearing, what she's yeah. wearing. You know, you are pick, if you pick it out, that's fine, but we are not changing our morning or our mind in the morning. I'm not changing my mind and analyzing yeah. outfits. And next thing you know, 20 minutes, you know, it's definitely saved me being late. A, a lot of times my lateness was the scurried mornings of me just scrambling. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I know this is cliche, but I've been waking up earlier. Like I wake up a half an hour earlier. I make my coffee. So when she wakes up, like, you know, I'm kind of already there. I'm ready. I'm not just like bolting out of bed. Like, <gasps> When I hear her, yes. you know, get up. Yes. Yeah. I've got to work on that more. Getting it's, it's, it's I, I lay everything out, years. but. <laughs> it's taken me six years to wake up. But now that I've been doing it um, for like a couple months, it's actually, I'm like, maybe I'll wake up a little earlier. Like, I'm actually, I enjoy doing it. It's like quiet. It's dark still. No one's up. It's yeah, actually I need to do quite it. heavenly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I it, need to. Nice. Oh, okay. Right. I'll call you in the morning. I, I I get up early most days. I regret it when I don't. But some morning, I regret it when I don't start moving earlier. Like sometimes I'll get up and then just literally be a blob for 30 full minutes, like not even move. And then I'm like, okay, I got to get up. I have to move. I have, I struggle with that. That's what I do every morning. Oh, I hate that scurried feeling though. Yep. Yeah, I do too. It, it's, and then I, it, I take it out on her, you know, yes. it's like, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, you know? And it's like, it's not her fault. Like I'm the one who, you know, is setting this like schedule here, you know, yep. like she's just kind of following along. Oh yes, exactly. Okay. Well, Michelle, we are so, so thankful that you came on today. We so oh, appreciate so it. Oh, I'm <laughs> grateful. Thank how you. can, oh, you're so welcome. Well, how could everybody find you? What, um, what is your Instagram handle? Do you have a website? How how can our listeners find you? Uh, my handle on Instagram is Happy Family Project because it's always a freaking project, right? Yeah, ongoing project. It's like an it's like a money pit house that just never gets fixed completely, right? Yes. Uh, so that's my Instagram handle, Happy Family Project. My website is I'm two L's with my name Michelle, so it's Michelle mm-hmm. Mansfield author all one word.com. And I will send um, to you ladies, I have two freebies um, for your listeners. Um, One is my momspirational cards that I just created. So they go through the feelings, there's humor in them. Um, They go through the feelings, the postpartum feelings that some of them that I went through. And on the back is not necessarily a solution, but a fun motivation with some humor and 
you know, make you feel like, you know, you're talking to a real person. Um, so yeah. that's a downloadable printable that you can create cards out of. And then I've got with my health coaching with kids in the past, I have an ebook that is short and sweet. It's 10 steps to finding the adventurous eater in your child. And I say, if you can find one step that works out of the 10, it's a win. So don't, no pressure. It's just a nice book that, um, you know, gives parents a little bit less stress when it comes to introducing new foods and mealtime. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you for that. Yeah. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Well, if you guys haven't already followed Surviving Motherhood podcast on Instagram or head over to our website to find any of the links, show notes, information, all Michelle's info, um, head over to survivingmotherhoodpodcast.com. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. And as always, good luck surviving motherhood. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.